0: Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's
1: a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his one. Let's go! It's showtime. Showtime. It's showtime. And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Warwick Mary.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Mary from warwickmary.com. Now, we have uh, on the show today someone who's incredibly agile. No matter what's going on, he's always on top of it, always ready to flex at a moment notice. He's the head of the Business Agility Institute and also the Agile Director, Mr. Agility himself. Please welcome Evan Laborn. Welcome to the show. Thank you
1: very much, Warwick. It's great to be here.
0: Hey, um, I'm going to start with a question I ask everybody. It's how do
1: you define success? For me, success is the ability to do what you love, but at the same time being able to sustain that long-term. And if you can do both, then no matter what those things are, then I think you're pretty much successful.
0: Fantastic. Hey, now I've got some questions about the Agility Institute and the Agile Director and all that sort of stuff. Um, from For our listeners who, who may not be aware, Agile sort of started as a IT pro, a system methodology for implementing a new system, something along those lines, yeah?
1: Uh, it, it dates back a bit earlier than that. Um, uh, we can actually trace it back to the origins of lean and manufacturing into the creation of parts, um, of all things, and production lines. But the modern concept of Agile is... Uh, more fully known as agile software development, um, and that, yes, does come out of ways of building software products in a adaptable and, I won't say fast, that's a misconception, <laughs> but an adaptable and uh, uh, engaging way, as in engaging with customers, engaging with users to understand what they need now, not what they needed six months ago when they wrote that spec. Well, and that's the thing, because you know,
0: for my sins, I spent 10 years in the IT industry working on huge projects that had a two-year time frame. And you'd start, and by the time you got to the end of the two years, what you'd created was now out of date. And so this uh, agil- agility model is one where it's essentially an iterative approach. You're doing uh, working with the client and just continuing to do little steps till you get it right and then come up with, hopefully quicker, hopefully less expensive coming up with an end result that that is needed wanted and useful is that is that a fair statement
1: that's exactly fair so what we've now realized is that let's call it ambiguity Um, some people might talk about uh, VUCA volatile uncertain complex and ambiguous but let's just bring that down to one word ambiguous or unpredictable that's the definition of the modern market. It doesn't matter whether you're building software or you're running a bank. The unpredictability in the market now is greater than it ever has been. And so the ability for an organization to predict or plan has long since disappeared. Um, that, that five-year plan, which to be honest, was never really a good idea, um, but it is now very obviously a bad idea. So. From 10 years ago to today, um, what has changed is that agile software has become successful, and it, it seems to be a good idea. but we're seeing organizations around the world now go, that thing those crazy de- developers thought about, maybe we can apply that in marketing or HR or sales or, or business operations, and hence, well, this is not quite the order of operation, but that 's roughly what many people um, look at business agility and see is this ability for an organization to be to thrive in an unpredictable market right
0: so when we first met several years ago, we were talking about agility and going from an it only concept to business agility and getting into how do we have not just projects but actually running businesses following essentially this this agile methodology um and then at the we, we cut off for lunch and at the end it you said by the way i'm moving to singapore <laughs> so tell me about your journey from um, it agility guru to hey i'm moving to singapore and i'm actually going to roll this around across businesses and Now you've created the Business Agility Institute, the Agile Director. I'm really interested to know what was your journey, what took you to Singapore, what brought you back, and what's next?
1: So I've been in the Agile community, the software Agile community, since about 2003. So I got in pretty early on. It just seemed a logical way of working. Um, uh, One thing you'll find is us Aussies tend to... We, we're we good at Agile and some of the best Agilists around the world are actually Australian, um, not to promote is, our... Own is there country. a
0: reason for that? Like, is it because we're lazy
1: and like shortcuts or...? No, 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 no. She'll be right, right? It's the she'll be right attitude that sort of l- not laid back because we're hard workers, but that hard work, but willing to just roll with it and just adapt. Right. Now, culturally, we seem pretty good at that. So, for me, agile just made sense. And I did good, it was fun, it was great. And then I got promoted and actually ended up starting my own company. And as I was running my own company, I stopped being that developer and started to be a business leader and run sales and marketing and so forth. And agile concepts and the ways of working just sort of naturally rolled into the work that I did. I can't say that. It was overly hard. When you're a company of fifteen, it's pretty easy to be agile. Um, It wasn't until I joined the public service, so I liquidated that company. So not a success. Um, Well, five years running a small company is
0: actually it's success in in different Mm -hmm. definitions.
1: Oh, I I, I certainly learned a lot. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Lesson number one: If you're going to start your own business, uh, sales and marketing have to be something that you hire. Um, Our first 14 employees were developers and techie people. So I was... You I could was make
0: great. anything, but you hadn't sold
1: a thing. <laughs> Pretty much. And it, it, it's fine when word of mouth works, but uh, when uh, economic crisis comes into play, yeah, that's yeah. not sort of the behaviour that, that yeah. um But we liquidated that and lent many, many lessons learnt in terms of what is a good way of working. But when I joined the public service, this was in Canberra, um, and became a director there, I really came to the understanding that agility, not agile, uh, not Scrum or Kanban, which are techniques for agile, but they're the most common ones, but agility itself was a mindset in a way that you could run, in my case, a section or a division or a company. So I then spent, after two years in the public service, I spent the next almost 10 years now roaming the world um, from Singapore to Malaysia and the Philippines, uh, India, working with organizations as a consultant and a contractor, I did a bit of a stint in IBM, all trying to spread the word of what we would now call business agility. Um, back then I was calling it agile business management, but I'm not very good with names. So, um, <laughs> um, and Ten years ago, when I was sort of just getting started in this space, if I'd walked into a bank and said, let's create an agile bank, I would have been laughed out of the room. Yeah. But now they're coming to us to go, how can we be the world's leading agile bank? And it's like, everything has changed in those 10 years. Suddenly, from like, the global financial crisis and the banking crises and the banks are running scared Five years ago, uh, if you looked at the corporate scorecards and the and the SWOT analyses of any banks, like, who are your biggest competitors? Who are the banks? Standard Chartered, HSBC, ANZ, you name it, whichever country you're in. Now it's not the banks. Now the biggest competitor for all these other organizations are, it's Apple, it's Amazon, it's Alibaba, right? um, Google, all those wonderful organizations who the banks Didn't even think of as a threat, and now of course every bank has fintech—not a name of a company, but just fintech as an industry—is a competitor. Right, they're running scared. It's not just banking. Whatever industry that your that your listeners are in, I guarantee will is or will be—and this word is overused—but it's still probably the right word—disrupted. So agility. In order to thrive in an unpredictable market, you need to be Agile, we need to have agility in how you adapt and work, Um, which has kind of really brought me to where we are today. So a couple of years ago, I put on a a community conference called the Business Agility Conference. This was in New York. It was a lot of fun. I was living in Singapore, literally a 12-hour time zone difference from New York, so insane. Uh, (laughs) We put on this event, and it was a huge success. And... Rather arrogantly, I kind of assumed that I would know 50 or 60% of the people who turned up to the conference because I thought thought my finger on the pulse of business agility and all that sort of stuff, I I was wrong. Uh, I'm glad I was wrong. We had people coming from Jamaica, from Portugal, from all over the world who were part of this. uh, They weren't part of a community, but they wanted to be part of the community and Fast forward two more years, we've put on the event a second time, but Evan, me, I I make the decision, let's put aside the shingle, put down the consulting banner, and I'm now building a community, the Institute, community organization, a professional industry body for business agilists and agile organizations. And that's, it's only about six months old. So its right. we're doing some pretty amazing stuff for someone who's six months old, but uh, that's, that's my life right now. Fantastic. And, and that is success, my friend. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm, I've got a couple of questions. I want to find a little bit more about it and find out more about the agile director as well. But first mm-hmm. uh, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. We'll be back right after this. Have you got
1: a question for Warwick or the guest? Head to getmoresuccess.com or the Facebook page and let us know. Did you know
0: that Warwick has a great book out there called Get More Inspiration? It's a brilliant kick in the pants when you get stuck or are just not inspired. And the best thing is the book is specifically designed not to be read. Just flick open a page and read the quirky burst of inspiration and you're back on with your day. Find out more
1: at getmoreinspiration.com.
0: Uh, welcome back. We're talking with uh, Evan Lebourne from the Agile Director, the Business Agility Institute. We were just talking about how the initial success of a conference has led to another one, and now you are community manager, for want of a better term, or the, the, the community guru. So uh, is is it obviously it's beyond just IT professionals who want to learn more about agile or get in touch with that, but are they welcome? Like, is it, is it, no, IT
1: agility as well as business agility? Well, it agility is a subset of business agility. Um, and I'm sure some people may disagree with this, but the way I uh, see it and the way that we talk about it is when you look at an organization, an organization is made up of many, many, many components, not just functions, IT, HR, marketing functions and skills. So that is a part of it. Um, And agility exists in each of those areas. So IT agility, the traditional agile, marketing agility, Uh, Agile HR, um, Agile Finance, Uh, there are techniques and practices in every skill set and domain. Um, Beyond Budgeting is a good example of a method that works. It's both a leadership and a management model as well as actual practices for accountants um, Mm -hmm. and and budgeting and so forth. Um, But then we can also look across an organization and you have different Uh, views? Um, How do you manage leadership? How do teams form? How does an organization structure look like? You've got areas around how do you engage with customers and consumers? How do you engage with the supply chain? What does an agile contract look like? How do you procure a service from a vendor in such a way that I don't know what I'm going to get at the very end because it's unknowable? I could guess and if I'm Correct? Fantastic. But if I'm wrong, then I have to go, that's a change request, that's a variation to the contract, and dot 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 suddenly what I thought was a good deal isn't anymore. So how do you put that variability into the contract at the very beginning? Right. Uh, the other axis you could look at this from is from the industry so if i 'm in, in if i 'm in the technology industry or a digital industry or if i 'm in a banking industry or a utility there 's nuance to the work they do in those areas as well so when we talk about business ability agile as in the traditional software delivery agile has now become from It is the seed where a lot of these ideas have come from. Obviously, it's a forest. There are many, many, many seeds. But from that seed is one little idea. And it is now grown into this huge forest of thousands of trees, thousands of ideas around agility. And there's no one right answer. And any consultant who tries to say, our three step model will give you success um, in X, Y, and Z, is telling you lies. Um, it's much harder than that, but organizations will, eh, they'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> so it sounds like um, agility
0: is a concept that applies in, in industries and a whole lot of different positions. And, and as a leader, the agile leader is someone who is essentially acting on an, an act of faith. Yeah? We don't really know the outcome, we know where we're going. We have faith that the process will
1: support us to get to where we're after. Mm, it's not blind. It's not blind faith. And so I wouldn't necessarily use the word faith, but you're probably not too wrong. So um, the difference is in governance. So I, I may have trust. i use trust, not faith. I have trust that we're going to get where we're going. But I'm going to check every day, every week, that we are on the right road, we're on the right path. So uh, let me be really simplistic for a second and talk about governance. In an organization, there are generally two forms of governance, audit-based governance and approval-based governance. Now, most organization and processes are built around approval-based governance, um, gates, checkpoints. Go to this point, then stop and wait for permission to go to the next one. Um, And... uh, that's fine. Right? In mission critical, if, I, if I'm going to surgery, I want the surgeon to stop and go. Which leg would you like me to operate on? I would like that approval based governance. But in, ca- in, in the majority of cases, ninety nine percent of business functions, and business processes, um, an audit based governance is perfectly acceptable. You, I, I don't mean audits of like like three months of preparation of material. I, I mean checking, right? We're going to check on a regular basis and it's going to be transparent. You're going to know that we're checking and we're just going to do it all the time. Um, It's going to be unintrusive. It'll be automated half as many times as we can. We're just going to make sure, are you doing the right thing? And if you're not, that's okay. We make mistakes, right? Let's just pause, correct and readjust and off we go. And so we can check, we can audit two things. We can audit both. Are you doing the work Right. And are you doing the right work? Checking are you doing the work right is about process compliance, right? Have you filled in all the check boxes? Have you done document X, Y, and Z? We're not going to stop you if you don't have document X, but we are going to say, "Hang on, slow down. Just finish document X, and, and then and then just keep just keep going." But you don't have to wait for permission that goes, "Yes, have you got? Yes, you've done document X." And then doing the right work is about checking outcomes rather than the output. So. Are you doing? Um, it is the work that you're doing having the desired result. If the answer is yes, and be precise, we're looking for trends, not specific dots. I don't care that today it's green. I want to know that it's been getting greener every day for the last six months. Yeah, variation is acceptable. But if the trend is on is correct, then fantastic, we're doing the right thing. If the trend is not based on whatever measure you want, then no, let's flip that around then. Um, we can't have agility. Um, also, sorry, that's the wrong word to say. We can't let you do – no. Uh, you cannot proceed down the current path that you're doing because we're not getting the right results. So yeah. in that case, we're going to stop, we're going to reevaluate, and then we're going to pivot that word that we love from lean startup and find a different way of doing or achieving the business outcome. So this leads to various different ways of working from companies. I, as a manager, I don't care what you do. You can do whatever the hell you want within certain constraints that we've predefined, right? As long as the outcomes or that we're on trend towards the business outcome, which means I can empower my teams. I can have teams of people who they can decide what projects to work, what products to build, how to do it. Right? And my job as a leader is now not to have faith, but to trust the teams that they are uh, doing the right things, but then to check the teams that, yes, what they are doing is both the right work and the work right. As a concept,
0: business agility makes sense to me. Like it seems logical and it seems like, and of course, yet I've met many managers in my time who are absolute control freaks who would struggle with that concept of what do you mean? I don't get to check you. What do you mean? I don't get to be the gateway. What do you mean? I mean, I want to see them at their desk every day from nine till five and like in a business agile world, how do you, how do you incorporate them, or how do you get them to? Because that kind of approach is really not going to suit agility, the agility concept. So, how do you how do you get them to
1: see the light, as it were? So you can't, and 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 I'll be blunt: I, yeah, yeah. there are going to be leaders in an organisation who can't work in an agile way, and that's okay. It's not a bad thing that some people can't work in this way. There will always be organizations that won't be agile. There will always be companies who have a market-dominant position and just happily continue on that path until suddenly the Kodak moment occurs and now they're no longer in business. But um, all cynicism aside, if a leader is a control freak or worse, a hero, someone who thrives on swooping in and saving the day, right, then you're never going to have true agility out of that team um, because the leader won't let it. Um, And as much as we talk about empowerment and teams having, um, having autonomy and authority and accountability and those wonderful A words. um, If what we have seen is that without the right leadership, it all breaks apart. And and we've seen it in in, in many organizations where it's gone the other way. You've had a really agile leader. They've empowered the teams are doing great work. And then that leader leaves because obviously there's always turnover and whatever else. And then let's fast forward six months and new leaders come in. Might be a great person at whatever domain that they've been engaged or brought in, but not an agile thinker, not someone who's able to be adaptive to a changing marketplace and the agility that is built in those teams dies and the people leave and all the skills and all the wonder that made that organization great leaves and I can actually point and we have some case studies in our library of organizations that have gone down this path and failed from the anti agility that has um, crept in from the leadership right. So it is critically important to all yeah
0: yeah so what about you? For, for your career of what you've gone through and now creating the Institute and the, the Agile Director, have you struggled to embrace some elements of business agility? And, and, and if so, how have you dealt with that?
1: Um, I, I, that's a good question. And I think I have. So we are all motivated by different things. Right, some people motivated by food, some people are motivated by family and tranquility. And whilst to be fair, my weight is definitely shows that I am motivated a little bit by food. Um one of the things that I'm most motivated by most motivated um by is status. Um I like to be seen and, and I don't see this as a flaw, it's just part of who I am. And then there's no and there's no value judgment attached to that. So because one of our observations is status, it, it does, when you're one among many, when it's an empowered team, not an empowered individual, it does make it a little bit difficult to, to, uh, to get that satisfaction mm-hmm. at, at that level. But that's something that I think I've struggled with. Um, uh, obviously, the position I am now, it, it's, I, I've made a name for myself in this space, so now that's back again. <laughs> Um, I think people when your motivations are somewhat different from the work culture that's around you, uh, the goal is to find ways of um, uh, satisfying that motivation in creative ways. So for me at the time, it was things like speaking at events, speaking at conferences. So I could be an empowered leader. I could be delegative as in, delegate to people um, I could lose the status in that context but then I would gain that motivation from public speaking and and in and, and other areas so I think the advice there is the agile way of working as a business level as an organizational level is very powerful if it goes against some of your natural instincts I would suggest that it's more about learned behavior there are always there are always ways to um, change the behaviour, but keep the motivation or, or or address the core motivation that you have. Okay, correct.
0: Um, so, as as we uh, draw our little chat to a close, what's next for Evan? what's What's on the what's on the plan? What does the future hold for you?
1: Well, it's all about building out the Institute. I've spent uh, the last six months, uh, we've gone from two conferences. We now have um, 16 events this year alone. Uh, We have uh, business agility conferences in Vienna, in India, in Australia. We have uh, launching a government agility conference in Washington, D.C., um, we're building out a library of business agility. So case studies and stories, and I'll share the links, which you can um, add to the, the right. notes of this uh, podcast. Um, so it's all about building out the, the stories that allow people to understand what the future holds. Yeah. The idea mm-hmm. is that this is coming every bank, every technology company and Even utilities, we've had at least four different energy companies um, working with us on how do we become an adaptive and agile energy utility company. So if poles and power is going to be agile, everyone is going to be agile. (laughs) Indeed. Um, So for for us, it's about making that transition, I won't say easy, but easier for the people who are going through it. That's a large part about it. Yes. Before we close, I want to actually go back to your first question. Yep. What does success mean? And as I've been talking, a few ideas have come to me. Um, and looking back at what's made well, I won't say what's made me successful, but but how I've managed to grasp onto success. I still stand by my, my answer of success is, is, is being able to do what you love um, and yet be sustainably. But I want to answer the how part of that question because I don't think I answered the how. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you there are three characteristics which allow success to occur. I think it requires competence, confidence, and empathy. I think that as an individual, if you're good at what you do and are confident in what you do, if you don't have empathy, you're arrogant. Um, If you have confidence and empathy but no competence, then you're a fraud. Um, And if you have empathy and competence but no confidence, then uh, people won't trust you. But I think if you've got all three, then I think that is how you can be successful and what we define as success is up to you. That's fantastic. Thank
0: you so much, Evan. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you and find out more about the institute, what's the best
1: way to do that? Uh, so businessagility.institute is the URL. Um, we are a member organization, so I do encourage you to sign up as a member, uh, but there's all the contact details. Otherwise, look me up, Evan Laybourne. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm all over the internet, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Twitter, just connect with me, tell me that you heard me on this podcast so I've got some context and uh, let's continue the conversation.
0: Fantastic. Evan, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure.
0: You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show with your host, Warwick Merry. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at GetMoreSuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merriam. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy your success.